0: Good morning. Welcome to Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church here just outside of Garrysburg in the beautiful locale of Northampton County, North Carolina, uh, where our motto is the end of your search for a friendly church. I was reminded uh, by Miss April that one of our uh, fellow sisters in Christ uh, did not hear me say that for the past couple of weeks, and she says, you know, I I look forward to hearing Reverend Horsley say that so and it is true that is our motto the end of your search for a friendly church we welcome you to this uh, service this third Sunday in the month of August 2020 this month just like all the ones before it seems to be really uh, speedily passing by and before you know it uh, we will be into September but every day the Lord gives us is a blessing so we're going to rejoice in him, and we're going to do as the Lord would have us do, to do. I want to, uh, again, I haven't done this in a few weeks either, but I want to certainly make time to thank uh, Ms. April Allen and Mr. Derek Buffalo uh, and Ms. Jasmine Smith for making sure uh, that this broadcast is able to go out. And certainly also want to thank uh, Deacon Woodrow Harding, we call him Sonny for being with us, and certainly I thank all of the members and the deacons and the trustees, all of the, the members and the leadership of Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church for being supportive of our efforts to make sure that we are able to continue to share a word from the Lord on Sunday mornings. Uh, I want to certainly, first of all, as I've been doing and I plan to continue to do, uh, until such time as is no longer necessary, I want to encourage everyone to complete uh, the census form if you have not done so for the 2020 census, as I've said repeatedly uh, the the count of people in your uh, your county, your municipality in your area uh, that count helps determine how much money will be coming from the federal government back into your states and then down to your your, your county or your parish level and into your town, your municipality uh, in, in the coming months and years uh, when budget decisions are being made. So it's very important that you make sure that you and your family and people that you know have been counted. Uh, if you go to our uh, platforms, if you go to our Roanoke-Salem uh, website, well, Roanoke-Salem Facebook page, or if you go to rsmbc.com, one of those two you will find a number that you can call to, uh, to complete the census over the phone. That number is 1-844-330-2020. Not only will you find that number, you will also find a link so that you can go online and complete the census online. The link is my2020census.gov. Again, that's my2020census.gov. And I also want to encourage us to make sure that we vote uh, this November. But you cannot vote if you are not legally registered to vote. So please call or go by your Board of Elections office as soon as possible if either you know you have not registered to vote in the 2020 general election or if you're unsure if you are eligible and if you are registered please call or go by your local board of elections office to make sure that you are eligible to vote in the 2020 election. Let us go now to the Lord in prayer. Father we thank you for this opportunity once again using the resources and the technology that you have provided to share a word from you with those who may hear this message. I pray, Lord, that you help me to preach with clarity and conviction and my sincere desires that you be glorified and that all who hear this message their lives will be positively changed, pub- positively impacted uh, by this word. And I pray that those who may be unsaved Uh, by the the urging and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if by some chance someone who's unsaved hears this message, she or he may decide to give their lives to you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Our message for this morning, the message for this morning uh, will be from the first epistle of John, John the Apostle. We know he wrote a book uh, one of the Gospels, but he also wrote uh, three epistles, and so uh, they're towards the back of the New Testament. So this is from the first epistle of John, chapter 2, and we're going to um, look at verses 15, 16, and 17. First John, chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17 i'm going to read this from the new american standard bible uh, the new american standard standard bible and this is what it says beginning at verse number 15 <clears throat> do not love the world nor the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him verse 16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And finally, verse 17. The world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Let us reason together for just a few minutes from this thought, a check-in with myself. A check-in with myself. The, um, the COVID-19 pandemic has, um, you know, it has really shaken us to our core. And, I, and I've heard a lot of people say that Uh, Because of mandatory stay-at-home orders and all those kinds of things, not being able to go to work or whatever the case may be, uh, it's given people a lot of time to slow down and think. And and some of us have been thinking about all the things that we can't do the way that we used to be able to do. You know, there's a raging controversy in our society and our nation right now about whether or not to send kids back into classrooms or not. Uh, whether to go forward with high school and college athletics or not, and, you know, how soon people should be able to go back on their job sites or not. So people have been thinking and and, and people have been concerned because we can't do things now the way we could a year ago this time. Um, Some of us have been thinking, and the fact of the matter is we've actually been worrying about how we're going to survive If there's no cure or vaccine found for COVID-19, we keep hearing uh, from people who I think are telling us the truth that they're trying hard to find a vaccine. They would love to find a cure, but at the very least a vaccine, but they can't really tell us with any assurance uh, how close they may be to discovering one or the other. Some of us have been thinking about how annoyed or angry uh, we are because this virus makes us recognize that we're really not in control of our lives and the fact of the matter is we don't like that feeling i'll be honest i don't like that feeling and i know most of you don't either we always have made ourselves believe that we're in control because we do what we want to do for the most part most of us but the reality is covid 19 has proven we're not in control of anything not even ourselves not to not in that sense um we don't determine our own destiny when we stop and think about it being rich or being famous or being attractive or being highly skilled or or, or being st- extremely intelligent or having authority or or being part of a powerful group or organization none of those things none of those uh, attributes are able to completely shield us from the many ways that COVID-19 is negatively impacting our lives. Some of us don't even want to think about this new reality because it makes us feel depressed and hopeless. Even some Christians, even some of us in the body of Christ, uh, we may be worried about our lives moving forward. But I want to remind us today that if we have faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we may be overwhelmed, but we are not defeated. You've heard me use that phrase several times, and you're going to hear me use it more again, because it was something the Lord gave me from a, a Bible study that we had recently, and, and it really caught on with members of the congregation. And and so I, I like to use it because I, I want us to understand that, you, yeah, we can be a little down, but, but we're not ever defeated if we have faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I want us to know that according to Romans chapter 8, verses 35, 36, and 37, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate a Christian, a follower of Jesus from his love. And I'm just kind of paraphrasing now what's found in Romans chapter 35, I mean, Romans chapter 8 verses 35, 36, and 7. It says there that Christians sometimes have trouble. Sometimes we have hardships. Sometimes we are persecuted. Famine comes into our lives. Nakedness, meaning, you know, a loss of Nakedness really means a loss of worldly possessions, being without things, that material things we need. That can happen to us. We're in danger sometimes. In fact, we even face death. We have the same issues as Christians, as unsaved people. But here's the difference. Because we trust and obey Jesus, Jesus empowers us to be more than conquerors and all these things. Glory, hallelujah to his name. We may be knocked down, but we're going to get back up because he's going to reach down and pick us up. He's going to lift us up, and we're going to eventually have victory over whatever the problems are, and I declare that and decree that on your life in the name of Jesus. Still, just like everybody else, I, I've had a lot of time to think about what my life is now, and what it may be moving forward. God the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart to have a check-in with myself. And I want to suggest that during this time of anxiety about our physical health, we also have to be concerned about guarding our spiritual health. Recently, I've I've had to be honest with myself, and I I don't mind being transparent, um, I, I've been allowing my thoughts and my actions to be motivated by my feelings and not by trusting and obeying Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm sure somebody else has, uh, has been in that season because I know I'm not by myself. COVID-19 and personal issues uh, had increased my level and anxiety so much, I wanted to find any kind of escape I want to, 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 to try to escape my reality, but, but let me tell you where I realized I was messing up. Here it is. Instead of trying to run from my reality, I should have been resting in my Savior. Instead of trying to run from my reality, I should have been resting in my Savior. My problem isn't the fact that the devil is trying to use COVID-19 and other issues to attack me. And he is. I'm not blaming the devil for COVID-19. I'm just telling you what the Bible makes clear. The devil will use anything, any of the natural circumstances around us to attack and try to destroy everybody, but especially Christians, because God has given him small but some power here in this earth realm. But my problem wasn't the fact that the devil was trying to attack me through anxiety around and problems related to COVID-19 and other issues. My problem is not allowing Jesus Christ to comfort and protect me. That's my problem, and that's on me. Yeah, that's my problem. It ain't what the devil's trying to do. It's the fact that I would not allow Jesus to comfort and protect me. Because you know what? Jesus has been right here with me, and he's been right there with you all of this time. There's not anything that has happened since COVID-19 took over our world that the Lord Jesus Christ didn't already know was going to happen and already was already ready, willing, and able to fix and resolve for those who will trust him. He's been right here with me all the time. He's been with you all the time. He's just been waiting for me and waiting for you to ask for his help. Glory, hallelujah to his name. Some days I allowed myself to forget who I am and whose I am. And you can judge me all you want to, but, but I know you've had some days like that, too. I know you have, because I've talked to some of you, the, the honest Christians among us, not, not, not the church Christians, not the Christians that's got a veneer of righteousness. I'm talking to the real Christian who's a real person. We've had these conversations, and, and there are days when you and I, we, we don't think holy. Our thoughts are not holy thoughts. There are days when our words are not righteous words. There are days, there have been days for me when when my behavior has been anything but sanctified, even though Jesus says I'm the righteousness of God because of his blood and what he did on Calvary's cross. I needed to check in with myself because the devil has been using COVID-19 and everything else he can to try to make me and make you focus on our problems and to forget about our promises in Jesus Christ. Oops, there it is. He's been using all these things to try to get you and I to focus more on our problems and forget about the promises we have in Jesus Christ. Now let me transition into the verses for the message this morning. The Apostle John, who walked with Jesus, he he wrote one of the four Gospels in the New Testament, He also wrote three letters that we call epistles. And I want us to look at John's first epistle this morning. And uh, it's divided into chapter and verses like other books, whole books in the Bible. So so in this first epistle of John, chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17, John gives the body of Christ a warning I think Christians need to pay close attention to and especially right now. John says followers of Jesus Christ cannot be in love with the world nor the things of the world. Now, to just make it as simple as I possibly can, uh, because I'm just an old simple country preacher, the world here, used in this sense, the world means both the people and the current social Uh, policies and practices that go on in this world. The world is referencing both unsaved people and the social norms, the social policies and practices that they engage in uh, as as we are right now in the world today. Amen. Um, The world is every person and everything that is not submitted to the authority of Jehovah God. The world is every person and everything that is not submitted to the authority of Jehovah God. And I know that's right, uh, and because uh, John says, if we love the world, the love of God is not in us. Now, we don't have to hate, and we're not supposed to hate unsaved people. But we're supposed to love Jesus more than we love them. Amen. Amen it's just that simple he doesn't want us to hate unsaved folks not at all in fact they are our brothers and sisters in humanity and we want them to become our brothers and sisters in christ so we're not supposed to hate them but we have to always love jesus more than we love them there are three things in verse 16 that john says that we can't love There are three things he says we can't do. There are three things he says that as believers in Jesus Christ, we cannot engage in if we love God. The first one he points out is the lust of the flesh. Amen. The lust of the flesh does refer to, and it is talking about sexual sin, but it's not only about sexual sin. Our human flesh can lust or crave a lot of different things. Some of us eat too much food, guilty. Or or we may drink too much wine or, or beer or liquor. Some of us may work out too much. You say, well, how could working out too much be bad for you? It can. Anything that you do in excess, the Bible warns about doing things in excess. Whatever it is, it may seem good. But some things, even working out, cannot be at a point where it's no longer good for you. Anything we desire so much that it hinders us or it stops us from trusting and obeying God is sin. Anything that you and I desire so much that it stops us, it hinders us in some way, or it stops us from trusting and obeying God is sin. Some people work out and they get so uh, such physically fit, they put their trust and confidence in their exercise routine or their weights or or what they eat, or or some program that they discover, not realizing that anytime he wants to, God can take the breath out of your body. You can be as strong and physically uh, fit as Dwayne Johnson, the rock, the movie star, and God can still take the breath out your body, and you'll drop dead right where you are. Can't love anything, or let anything, or anyone hinder or stop us from trusting and obeying God. The second issue that John talks about is the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is having a greedy desire or a longing for what somebody else has. Now, let me be very clear. It's not a sin to admire other people's blessings if they're saved or, or their good fortune if they're unsaved. It's not, it's not a sin to do that, but it is a sin to want someone or want something so much that I'm willing to break the laws of God or the laws of man to get what I want. That is a sin. God says we should not covet anything. We should not have a greedy, jealous, strong longing to have anything that's not, that he hasn't given to us, or that we haven't worked to earn ourselves. If the person or the object of my desire isn't available to me morally or legally, then I don't need it, and I should move on to something else. If the person or the object of my desire is not available to me morally or legally, then I don't need it, and I should move on to something else. Amen. Our efforts to satisfy the lust of our eyes has led to the destruction of many close relationships, families, and tight friendships, close friendships that have gone on for years have been destroyed because of the lust of the eyes and the consequences of the lust of the eyes. And some people are even dead right now. Some people are sitting in jail right now because of something they did because as a consequence of the lust of the eyes. The third and final issue John points out is boastful pride of life. This is when we trust man's intelligence. We trust man's ability, man's resources more than we trust Jehovah God. And there's an irony there because the fact is all known intelligence, all ability and all resources are from and they belong to Jehovah God. Man doesn't know anything more than what God has allowed us to, to know. Man can't, doesn't, hasn't been able to tap into any kind of resources, natural or otherwise, other than what God has allowed. It all comes from him. Amen. All humanity is under God's authority, and specifically under the authority of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. But still he allows us to reject him if we want to. But every person that rejects Jesus in their life will bow at his feet when they die. Amen now. The reward for accepting Jesus before we die is eternal life with him. The punishment for rejecting Jesus before we die is eternal damnation in a lake of fire. That's what the Bible calls it, and we commonly call that place hell. You accept Jesus before you die, heaven uh, and and all the wonders of heaven is going to be your reward. If you you reject Jesus before you die, you're going to be cast into a lake of fire called hell. I I shared the warnings and the bad news from verse number 16, but but I want to leave you with good news from verse number 17, because Jesus Christ never leaves us hopeless. He never leaves us hopeless. Verse 17 says, the world, again talking about unsaved people, and their lust is passing away. This is clear. The passing away is clear. The folks who say live your truth, the folks who say uh, live your truth, whatever that is, and, and the folks who say do ever you, what you want to do, their days are numbered and judgment is coming. That's not my opinion. That's facts based on God's word. But the people who trust Jesus and do their best to obey him will live with Jesus forever. Amen. That's great news because Jesus will continue to take care of his people right now in the midst of this pandemic, and we have a wonderful future waiting for us. I know that's right because uh, in 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 9 from the New International Version, uh, Paul wrote, he says, It is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Amen. As, as I close, I invite you to do a check-in with yourself, just as I'm doing a daily check-in with myself. Ask yourself. Am I trusting and obeying Jesus, or are my decisions and my actions being influenced by the world and its lust? And if, you, if, you, if you're willing to be honest enough to, uh, if you have the, enough courage to ask yourself that question, then you need to be honest with yourself about what the real truth is. If your confidence and my confidence is not completely in Jesus Christ tell him you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you, and then start trusting him again. Tell Jesus you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you, and then start trusting him again. He's waiting there with open arms, quick to forgive and quick to restore, because the Word of God says that uh, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful, and he's just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. God will restore us into right fellowship with him. In Acts chapter 3 verse 9, go read that for yourself and you'll see the the scripture that supports that statement. God will restore us into right relationship with him when we ask for forgiveness according to Acts chapter 3 verse number 19. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 3 verse number 19. I, I, I want us to Again, I, I, I can't tell anybody what to do, and, and I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I suggest to you, and I believe it will be helpful to you, especially now in the body of Christ, to do a check-in with yourself, just as I'm doing a check-in with myself, because we want to make sure that especially now, our total trust and confidence is not in anything of any other human being, but solely on and in Jesus Christ why because Jesus Christ is the only one who can help us get through this pandemic in fact not only get through be more than conquerors and even prosper not prosper just for our own well-being but prosper in ways that we can be a blessing to others why can't he do that because he's the one who sacrificed for you and me When we were lost in sin and headed to a burning hell, all humanity. He's the one that came down through 40 and two generations and wrapped himself in human flesh so that he could know exactly how we feel in all situations and he could relate to us. He's the one that allowed sinful men to drag him into Pilate's judgment hall and into uh, Herod's judgment hall. And, and, and lied on him, told lies on him, falsely accused him of things he never said nor did. He's the one that allowed uh, sinful men to slap him and spit on him and put a crown of thorns around his head and blood started to come out of his, his head and his brow because of that crown of thorns. He's the one, Jesus Christ, that let sinful men take him outside and scourge him, beat him probably within, literally, Uh, uh, breaths of his life, beat him so badly that you could see uh, his ribs and his spine because the flesh on his back was laid open by the scourging that he took. Doing all of this for you and for me, Jesus is the one that even in that weakened condition, after losing all that blood, carried a cross that probably weighed minimally 250 to 350 pounds probably, uh, almost all the way up a rugged hill by himself. He had some assistance along the way, but 75, 85 percent of that trip up that hill, Jesus carried that cross already half dead in his human form. He's the one that let sinful men uh, take something that looked like a railroad, a railroad stake, and drive it in his hands. Or really, technically, probably drove him in his his wrist. But you know, and then drove those same kind of large railroad stakes into his feet, and he hung on that cross. He's the one that let sinful men pierce him in his side, and out came his blood, and out came his water. So much so that a pen writer was so moved by the blood of Jesus, he said, "What can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus is the one that gave up his life on Calvary's cross. Those sinful men did not kill him. He gave up his ghost. He's the one that said to him, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit and he gave up his life, his physical life. He's the one that went down into a borrowed tomb and stayed there the rest of that Friday night, all day Saturday. Bible says while, he was, while his physical body was in the tomb, his spirit went down into the lower parts of the earth, took the keys from the devil, and set the captives that were in hell free. He's the one that then got up on that third day, Sunday morning, with all power trusted in his hands. That day to this day, Jesus Christ has all power. He's all knowledgeable. All knowledge is his. All authority is his. All power is his. He can do the impossible. He is the only one that can help you and I survive and thrive, prosper, and be a blessing to others during this worldwide pandemic, during this confusion around elections coming up, during the civil unrest because of Uh, people protesting the 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 unjustified deaths uh, of men and women of color primarily not just men and women of color but primarily men and women of color those who are shooting and killing law enforcement officers they have no business doing that as well those deaths are unjustified as well equally horrible equally terrible jesus is the only one that can bring peace to us personally and peace to our world and i ask you to do a check-in with yourself to make sure that you know you're standing firmly in your faith and confidence in him amen i want us to go to the lord in prayer father we thank you now for this opportunity to pray and to tell you how much we love you and to thank you for loving us lord i know the body of christ all over the world is covered supernaturally during this pandemic but lord just reassure us daily through each other or the presence of the Holy Spirit or, or through some other means that you can communicate with us through that you have not left us nor forsaken us. In fact, you've got our back, our front, our top, and our bottom, and that you are going to give us victory even now during this time of anxiety. And Lord, you're not going to give us victory just for us to be saved and just for us to be well and just for us to be blessed, but so that we can encourage others. We can help each other in the body of Christ and help unsaved people with the desire that they come to know you as Lord and Savior. And then, Lord, right now, if there's anybody listening to this prayer who may not be saved and they want to be saved, I ask that they will repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. Jesus, now be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you are saved, you're part of the body of Christ, and now you have uh, access to all the promises, all the promises, all the favor of God, and God is blessing you so you'll be a blessing to others, especially for a time such as this. Thank you. We look forward, if the Lord says so, to being able to share a word with you again on next Sunday. Let me give the benediction, and now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of His Holy Spirit, rest, rule, abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.